0: numbers coming from numbers the 13th chapter and although we're not going to come from the entire chapter we're going to just uh, come from a few verses from that chapter so beginning with numbers uh, chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 then we're going to go down to numbers chapter 13 Verses 17 through 20, and then we're going to skip down to Numbers chapter 13 once again, verses 25 through 30. This is Lesson 8, I believe, of our fall quarter, fall quarter. Now, uh, one thing I do want to say is that I came up here a few weeks ago, and I I, uh, had shown you all the expositor and i uh, was trying to be a salesman for that expositor i'm hoping that you all uh, have one to keep up with these lessons i believe the expositors are available and i'm looking at sister ratcliffe i believe they are available uh, they are stored back in the uh the back pew under underneath the back pew am i correct That's where they were. Okay. The new ones will be coming, stay tuned. And if we are out of them, that's a good sign. That means everybody got one and everybody read this week and they're up on this lesson. And I won't be looked at as if I'm talking in porn, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so let's go on. All right, Numbers chapter 13. Verses 17 through, uh, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 3. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their fathers tribes, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the sons of Israel. Skipping down to verse 17. When Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, go up there into the Negev." Then go up into the hill country, see what the land is like, and whether the the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many. How is the land in which they live? Is it good or bad? And how are the cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or with fortifications how is the land is it fat or lean are there trees in it or not make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes skipping down to verse 25 When they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anet there. Amalek is uh, living in the land of the Niger and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. They also, there also we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, I should say. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Uh this week, as a matter of fact, Friday, I attended uh, a funeral. And uh, it was the uh, funeral of a caseworker uh, that works with me. And she is one of uh, four children, and during the last four to five months leading up to her father's death. She and her siblings had shown great love towards him. They took exceptional care of their father. The siblings, uh, the sibling, the, the uh, lady that works with me is also a licensed builder. So she can build a house from, from scratch. Uh, and she literally flipped the floor plan of her father's home around so that it would be more manageable to uh, take care of him, Amen. And as a result, the father was able to stay home, and some, and and the children uh, came in and they took shifts. And they gave twenty-four hour care. Even the grandchildren, they chipped in as well, and they gave him twenty-four hour care, exceptional care. But what was interesting about the situation. Is that the father wasn't the best of fathers. Yeah, but, you know, he was an excellent provider, but he wasn't uh, the best of fathers. In fact, they said that um, at the funeral, they said that he uh, struggled with alcoholism, and at times he was mean and wayward. And uh, because of his childhood traumas he was not emotionally there for them but yet they said during their remarks that their that their mother provided the children with the example of committed love towards him Amen. she was there through thick and thin for him And, and the amazing thing was that uh, along with all of his health issues, he's, he had Alzheimer's and during one point, each child in their remarks said this, that they thanked God for Alzheimer's. Said they thanked God for Alzheimer's because they said that Alzheimer's took away those memories from their father that did not allow him to be grateful and loving, and caring, and they said that he never smiled. He never smiled because he never thought he had a good smile. But with Alzheimer's, he smiled all the time. Yeah, and they have tons of pictures to prove it. They had them all posted up and everywhere, right? So, So it depends on how you look at it, doesn't it? Depends on how you look at it. Alzheimer's bad. Alzheimer's good. It depends on how you look at it. And and I, I recall, you know, uh, by the way, my working title for this message is "Show You Right." Show You Right. I, I recall when I was small and uh, younger, rather, and I was listening either to my mother conversations, you know, conversations I wasn't supposed to be listening to, and, and, or, my, or my uncles, and they're sitting around, and, and they're doing what they do, and, 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 and I promise you, guaranteed through, through at some point in their conversation, you would hear man or girl, show you right. Show you right. And in the context, you know, what it meant was that you know you're telling the truth. Girl, a man, you know you're telling the truth. And I want to work with show you right today because today's lesson tells us that sometimes God must show you right. He's got to show you right. He's got to show you what's true. And, 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 And I want to explain this by using homonyms. Anybody know what homonyms are? Let me explain it. Those are words that sound the same, but they have different meanings. I wanna use three of them. I wanna use sight, sight, and sight. Yeah, it sounds the same, but it's not quite the same. Sight, S I G H T, sight, C I T E. Sight. S-I-T-E. Sight in terms of view. S-I-G-H-T. And that is from uh, verses 1 through 3 and also verses 17 through 20. So in today's lesson, we find the nation of Israel at Kadesh Barnea, I'm sorry, Kadesh Barnea right at the southern border of Canaan. They left Egypt about two years earlier and the land that God had promised them was right in view. They they saw the land right there. Only one more march towards that beautiful land and they would be right there. They saw it right there. And standing right at the border of that promised land, The people came up with a suggestion to send spies to check out the land. If you read Numbers, the 13th chapter alone, you would think that it was God's ideal to send spies or Moses' ideal to send spies. But no, it was the people's ideal. If you read Deuteronomy as well, you will see that the people came up with the suggestion to send the spies. And it's interesting because the expositor in the Golden Text said this week, Winston Churchill once remarked that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the other forms of government. (laughs) Democracy is never a guarantee that a nation will be guided along the right path, right? So again, God went along with their suggestion. But there was no need to send spies. God covered all the checking out that needed to be done. He actually told them that it was the promised land. The promised land, the land that he would give them, right? But they were in a situation where God had to show them right. God had to show them right. God said, go ahead, and Moses used the opportunity to, to basically do something that was strategic. He said, we're going to go ahead and scope out the land. So he, he went on, and, and he gave them the goal, and he said, here's the goal. Go and check out the land and see how good the land is, and look at the cities, and look at the people, see if the cities are protected or not, and see if the people are few or many and lastly see if the land is good soil for planting right and the truth is Moses knew already that everything was going to be good God told him already that the land was going to be good matter of fact he was so confident Moses was so confident that the that the land would be good so confident that he Put in a DoorDash order for grapes. He knew that it was going to be good, right? He knew that it was going to be good. Can you imagine being right at the verge of victory? Right at the verge of victory. You see the promised land right there, just a few steps away from victory, and you stop moving forward. It was a true moment of transition. And what do you do in those moments of transition? Church, what do you do at those moments of transition? Do you stand on God's promises or or do you pause to say, okay, God, I, I know you told me your plans for me, but let's go over them once again to make sure that you didn't miss out on something. What do you do? In those moments of transition, do you question God to a point where you're saying, God, we're just going to check it twice to make sure that you didn't miss out on something? It's a sad thing when we walk by sight and not by faith. Amen? Because, see, in doing that, we turn precious promises into possibilities. We turn precious promises into just possibilities or probabilities. When they are guaranteed promises from God, but yet we we treat them as if they're not guaranteed. Most times when we uh, (laughs) look back over our life and think things over, it's not a testimony that we come up with. Most times it's... (laughs) A situation where we are allowing our circumstances and our situations to take control. When we don't stand on the precious promises of God. Yet for the nation of Israel and at times it applies to us too. God said, go ahead, let them send the spies, right? let the spies travel a total of 500 miles in 40 days to view the land and i already know how this is going to end god said you know i pretty much know how i know how it's going to end but let them go ahead and do it because see sometimes i got to show you're right sometimes i got to show you're right amen And one more thing before we leave these verses, Moses has said to the spies uh, in verse 20, he said to them, and be ye of good courage. See, he was saying to them, see, look, it's going to be all right. God said it. God had shown me already that it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And then let me give you all a hint. I'm going to change somebody's name. Hosea, I'm going to change your name to Joshua. Because I need to give them a hint. Hosea means desire for salvation. But Joshua means the Lord is salvation. That's how sure it was going to be that everything was going to be all right. But sometimes we walk by sight and not by faith, turning precious promises into just probabilities. God help us, right? And, and then we go to the, next, to the next verses where we're talking about cite, C-I-T-E, quote. That means you, when you're quoting something, you're citing something, right? And that's in, 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 in the uh, verses 25 through 33. And excluding verse 30 by the way so the spies traveled and they covered uh 500 miles in 40 days that tells us that they were about business they were collecting information and they kept it moving because to cover 500 miles in 40 days you ain't joking you moving right and the people were anxiously waiting to hear from the spies the spies came back with their report they came back with their report and more than likely they were discussing it on the way back and what they were discussing on the way back pretty much by the report they were saying caleb let us talk first because you got a different opinion right so we're going to talk first right and and that's exactly what happened and you knew things weren't going to be well when they started off their report with this we went into the land where you sent us grammatically the structure tells us that you is emphasized meaning that you know we went in the land that you sent us Uh, It's not like we're endorsing this, you sent us, right? It's like when Moses said to God, God, these ain't my people. These are your people, right? And so this is the land that you sent us. We went and they were going to give a sideways slanted view, right? And secondly, they went on to say this, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. It certainly does flow with milk and honey. See, when you read in other parts of the Bible where it says milk and honey, it's usually connected with the rest of the promise. And the promise says, and and God will give them the inhabitants of the land as well, meaning that he will give them victory over those who are occupying the land as well. But they stopped it with, yeah, it flows with milk and honey. Yeah, it flows with milk and honey, right? And they were turning precious promises, not into just probabilities and possibilities, but impossibilities in their mind. There's no way that we're going to defeat these people. There's no way we're going to occupy this land that you're giving us. So soon they started talking about the cities being impregnable and the and the people being so numerous and everything else and, 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 and they just—I mean—they said uh, when Caleb gave that different uh, view, they—they they said, "Man, we got to put some—we got to some more sauce on this. We got to exaggerate the story a bit more so they can understand that we just can't do this, right?" And and they—they—they they, they started off by saying, "The land will devour you." It eats you up, meaning a lot of people are fighting over there and they are warring over there and people are dying every day. And not only that, do you see how big these people are? First of all, do you see how big the grapes are? It takes big people to eat big grapes. These people are giants, right? These people are giants over there, right? If we try to go over there, we are going to die. We're going to die. And in return, God said (laughs) that he allowed the nation to send spies. Then in turn, made everyone, they in turn, made everyone, everyone everyone responsible for what's going to go down. Because God said, choose you spies, choose you leaders from your tribes to sin. And that's what happened. So everybody was invested in this decision. Why? Because God said, I'm going to make you responsible for your actions. I'm going to make you responsible for your actions. So when they returned and gave this report, The responsibility as to how they were going to respond was going to be on them. Amen? And that's how God does it. And and God said, let me cite, cite, quote, some of your sentences. Because your sentences are going to end up being part of your sentence. Right, it's gonna be part of your sentence. See, see, the spies took 40 days, but I'm gonna give you 40 years of wandering, right? And you said that you were going to die. Yeah, you also are going to die before you reach that, before you try to even enter the promised land, you're gonna be dead. So I will cite your words and they will be part of your sentence. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Amen. See in Second Corinthians verse uh, chapter one, verse. 20 it says this for as many as are the promises of God in him they are yes they are yes therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us all the promises of God are yes and amen that's how they work that's how guaranteed they are They are going to come through, right? He's going to come through with what he said he would do. And all we need to do is say, Amen, right? Amen, right? Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. I don't change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. The meaning that he's not going to change his mind. And matter of fact, they said in the Old Testament, I'm not a man that I should lie, right? Son of man that I should repent. H- has I not said and shall I not do it? Have I not spoken and will I not make it good? This is a God that will come up and show out just like he said he would. Amen? Just like he said he would. So if left uh, to us, uh, we can uh, talk ourselves right into the judgment we can think ourselves right into judgment and god will what cite exactly the words that we put ourselves in prison with but he wants us to have his precious promises he wants us to have his precious promises that goes to the third point cite s i t e meaning location right so it says in verse 30 then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said we should by all means go up and take possession of it meaning the land for we will surely overcome it faith can not only move mountains faith can move you too amen not only can it move mountains it can you it can move you too 2 corinthians Fifth chapter verse 7 a short verse says for we walk by faith not by sight see Caleb and Joshua they refused to go the route of exaggeration right just like with the other spies they said no we don't need to exaggerate the situation the expositor said this Caleb did not deny that the enemy was strong and large however He trusted that God would defeat them all and give them the land. You hear what he said? He he didn't deny the fact that the enemy was strong and large. He didn't deny that, but he definitely believed that God would give them the land. And I don't think you all understand what they were saying there. What they were saying there is that victory is not found in uh, minimizing the challenge and minimizing the enemy right see victory is found in maximizing god how big is your god right no need to try to strip down the enemy and say oh they this and they're weak and that no 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 uh -uh. okay they can be big and they can be strong and the challenges can be challenging and they can be all of that but see my god is bigger my god is bigger how how big is your god right see see, he's got to be bigger than your situation he's got to be bigger than your circumstances right he's got to be bigger than all that so the, so the victory is not in trying to minimize the enemy it's it's a maximizing god how big is your god so so when your sight that is your vision is distorted and you begin to cite that means talking quote right your negative thoughts and you find yourself stuck and can't find your way out of your sight meaning your location that's when that's, that's when god's gonna have to show you right <laughs> he's gonna have to show you right meaning that sometimes the problem isn't him and her and him and her and, and they and all of it no sometimes the problem is you <laughs> and sometimes he's got to show you that you're the problem see see when uh, you're at school and then all of a sudden you know a bully comes up to you and bullies you and then you come back and say God where were you Where were you? I was in that situation and where where were you? See, sometimes God allows those situations to occur to show you right. And what I mean by that is sometimes he allows you to go through it to to say, okay, I, I need for you to see how small I am in your life. And I need for you to see how small I am in your eyes. Because see, if you saw that I was a big God, yeah. that bully wouldn't be a problem for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That bully wouldn't be a problem for you. And sometimes the doctor says to you, you know, give you a report and says, we, we, you know, you know we, we, we saw something there and it looks a little bit suspicious. We don't know if it's dun-dun-dun-dun. We don't know if it's And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Lord, why Why are you doing this to me? They said it might be, or it could be, or it's probably,
1: or it has a chance
0: to be. Oh, Lord, right? And you're crying out to him, and you, you're crying out to him, and then all of a sudden you, you're praying, and you're on your knees, and, you, and you're more spiritual than ever, right? More spiritual than ever, right? And, and the deep thing is, is that sometimes it works out where it wasn't what they thought it was at all. But God had to take you through a situation and say, see how small you thought I was? See how, see I had to show you right. See how, see how small you thought I was when I just, I took care and I take care of you. Didn't I say that I will never leave you or forsake you? But you're up here acting like I forsake you real quick. No, I'm with you. I'm with you always. I'm always with you. So stop putting me in a small container, in a small compartment in your life. Know that I am God. I am God, and I'm creator of everything, and I control the situation, not you or anyone else. I can change things in a moment, and I can. I can change your situation in an instant. But see, sometimes I have to let you go through things so that you will grow through things, right? So that you will grow through things. And that's exactly what happens here with the children of Israel, where God had to show them right. They couldn't blame it on anyone but themselves. And God. Handled it in a way where all they could do is say, Yeah, it was me. It was me. Yep, that, yep, count that one on me. I did it. It wasn't God. And it wasn't you. It wasn't the spies. It was me. I picked the spies. I was one that helped pick the spies. So, yeah, it was me. And I listened to them. And and, and I doubted you, Lord. See, what I did, Lord, is I, I tried to strip down the, the, the enemy by gathering more information. See, if I gather more information about the enemy, maybe I can make it, like, like palatable. I can make this thing doable, right? Rather than maximizing you, God. I, I want to concentrate on the problem. And that's what most of us do. We concentrate on the problem rather than the problem solver right how big is your God church how big is your God when you're going through situations and you're going through trials and tribulations you're going through challenging moments how big is your God because I'm telling you if you love him he loves you and he's going to have to put you in a situation where he's going to have to show you right he's going to have to show you right because he's, gonna, he's saying that, listen, I, I'm going to protect my name. I'm going to protect my name. I am going to make sure that my name is honored. And just like we said last week, the Bible is not a book about people, but rather a book about God and his dealings with people. And that's what God does. He deals with us. And he shows us right. So on today, church, I pray that you don't get in your own way. (laughs) I pray that you don't get in your own way because all of these blessings, God wants to pour his precious promises on you. See, we don't live by circumstances. We live by promises. And God has promised us things and he will keep his word. But how big is your God? That's so what sometimes you have to ask yourself, how big is your God? I pray that He's big. I pray that He's strong. I pray that He's mighty. And I pray that He is a, a God that you can see that that He can like just 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 overwhelm situation overwhelm the competition just move mountains as he moves you amen but in order to be in that situation you gotta have a relationship with him amen he's not a god that you can just pray you know hey can you can you move this for me while i live my life like i want to can can you can you like uh give me all of those promises and I give you nothing in return, right? No, it's not that type of situation. Although you, this, although you are living by His grace and mercy right now, <laughs> right, you're living by His grace and mercy right now, uh, you know, stop taking advantage of it and understand that He is the one that's giving you life right now. And, and the proper thing to do is to be grateful and in your gratitude serve him. That's why we say choose ye this day. Choose ye this day to serve him. Stop, stop, you know, gambling, so to speak, with your life. Right? Because tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. Choose ye this day who you will serve and, and that 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 question with eternal implications is always what will you do with Christ what will you do with Jesus you have to ask yourself what will you do with Jesus before you get into the precious promises and everything else what will you do with Jesus. I pray that you will serve him. I pray that you will acknowledge that he is Lord, that he is Lord and King and that he's your Savior. Amen. Come now. Come now while you still have breath. (laughs) Come now. Choose ye this day, Christ. And we have those after dismissal, those uh, elders that will be here in front of the altar to assist those to talk, to pray with those that will come. And we also ask those in Zoom on Zoom to contact us as well. Amen. God bless you. How big is your God? God bless you.